I'll work with a client and we'll both put on our curiosity hats and we'll say, hmm, that's what I want. And how do we get there? First, thank you for joining me today. Uh, I have here Robert Paulson, who is an executive coach. Um, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what coaches do uh, in just a moment. But, you know, before we dive into our topic um, of jumpstarting your career uh, and, and, and really narrowing it down into actionable steps, uh, I would like to take a moment for, for you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about you and then we'll just dive right in. Absolutely. Good stuff. Great to be here with you, Gustavo. Um, you, you said it best. I'm an executive coach. I'm, I'm over here in New York and on Long Island. And I'm very fortunate that I get to spend some time on the road. Not recently, but um, mm -hmm. I have clients in different states and here in New York. And I focus on leadership development. And um, I'm very grateful. Um, Robert, so tell us a little bit about um, what's the role of a coach? What, what, what is it that a coach can do for an individual? I thought you were going to tell me, Gustavo. <laughs> That's why I brought you. <laughs> yeah, good. I mean, we can, we can take a look at a coach realist, very simply, we date back, goes back to the stagecoach times when um, a coach would take a person, mail, luggage, or something from point A to point B. That, that's a stagecoach. That's where the, the term was, was first used. And, and, and it still um, ha has the same meaning, um, moving from A to B. And uh, that's exactly what we do you know, as an executive coach and, and many other coaches, business coaches, leadership coaches, life coaches. What we do is focus on where we are and where we want to go. It's very simple. And everybody has their own different philosophies or techniques or different ways of, of working with others. But in its simplest form, it's moving from A to B. So obviously, you know, not everybody can afford an executive coach or a coach of any kind. You know, for many people, a coach may be a colleague, um, someone that they know, a family member. Um, but, you know, while everybody has their own opinions about how to get somewhere uh, from point A to point B, um, I think that in, in our initial conversation, we, we came to an agreement that there are specific elements that regardless of the circumstances, an individual must take um, to, I guess, increase their chances of getting to where they want to go, right? If point A is where they are and point B is where they want to go, there are certain specific steps that a person should take. And, you know, we discussed the fact that there's basically three steps that a person has to take, right? First, define what they want, um, how they're going to get what they want. And then number three, the time, the time that it takes, the time, the time that it, it, it requires to get from point A to point B. So knowing that, you know, some of the people that are watching us perhaps cannot afford uh, pay someone like you or any other coach. Um, let's dive into those three steps, shall we? Absolutely. I love it. Yes. So 
I want to move my career forward, right? I'm, a, I'm Joe Blow or Jane Doe. I want to move my career forward. And I read or I hear, um, you know, Robert and Gustavo talking about the fact that the first step is that you have to know what you want. You have to define what you want. What does that mean? Yeah, well, there, the, it, there's two different parts to that, right? Is, um, is knowing what you want and actually wanting it, right? Mm. So, so um, you know, when we talk about change, as you pointed out, there are three, three phases, right? You need to want it, and then you need to know how to do it, and then you need to give it time. Any of us who, who have ever changed anything, myself included, has gone through this process mm-hmm. and, and each step without one, there's none. So each one is very, very important. Um, depending on the engagement, um, what happens most of the time is we explore, like what exactly is it um, that you want? And, and it's pretty, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Such a simple question to ask somebody, what do you want? Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Most every time I ask the question, um, what do you want? The response I get sometimes is, how dare you ask me something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean, what do I want? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. A, such a simple question, but when we're confronted with that question head on, most of us don't know, right? Like, I don't really know. Um, I think I know I want to be successful. I want to have money. I want to have a good job, right? Which, which does fall under that, that want. Um, but, you know, what do you really want? You know, is, 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 is the opening to a deeper conversation. So we start off with what. And yeah. then when you're able to identify what you want, there's the other part of want, right? Do you want that? Do you want to have that and make an effort for that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's always, every time I ask the question, it's, 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 it's always, it's always interesting the response you get. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, if you, I'm going to admit here that I watched the movie, the notebook, it's a few years old. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, I had a I crush on, on the actress, um, Rachel McAdams, I think is McAdams. And there's a scene where they're arguing and he's telling her, what do you want? And she's babbling and she's going and he continues, what do you want? And like you said, it, it seems like an easy enough question. What do you want? I want to eat. What do you want to eat? I don't know. That's the problem, right? It, it begins the process of perhaps confusing. We confuse ourselves in trying to narrow it down. Um, what do I want? I want to be successful. Well, what does that look like for you? Um, in your experience, as you have worked with, with um, different individuals, what has been what you think holds people back from being able to identify what is it that they want? That's a great question. At the end of the day, it's really about giving yourself permission. Sometimes we're clear on what we want. But what holds us back sometimes from having it is literally giving ourselves permission. It sounds silly, Hmm. but I'll ask clients, I'll literally ask them, you know, when they identify what they want that, you know, do you give yourself permission to have that? 
And that's always a very interesting response as well. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that in a way, uh, family, depending on the, the, the individual status, right? Married, not married, kids, no kids, money, no money, um, you know, family, no family, all those variables play a role. But I, I guess the point is that regardless of those circumstances, if you don't take this first step of trying to define what you want, um, it's going to be very hard to get to that other side, no matter what, right, to that point B. Um, are there any, any exercises or steps that I can take as an individual to really, you know, do I, do I write it down? You know, is this, is this a day? It, it, does it take, you know, several weeks? Is it, how do I go about it? Yeah, yeah there's, there's um, it, you know, in the context of wanting something, a lot of work that I do is with leaders, senior managers, executives. And when we talk about change, like wanting to change, um, we'll go through a process, whether it's uh, 360, speaking with other stakeholders, and we'll explore some things that the individual might consider working on. Right? whether it's to become more effective in delegating or prioritizing or having executive presence. You know, when you can identify something that you want, that's the first step. And then literally committing to that. So yeah. you may be clear on what it is that you want, um, but the other part of it is, is the commitment part. So sometimes when we get to a point when we're exploring something, what do you want? Sometimes I'll suggest that we stop there and that they consider it, not when we're talking, not when we're having a coaching session, but the next day or the next weekend or the following week. Because the way that our, our, our mind works is that when we pose a challenge to it or when we pose a question to our mind, it immediately goes to work and it mm. starts searching our database for an answer. So there's there's two parts to us we have an ego we have the soul and the ego is so quick to just answer like this is what i want this is what i want um which might be true but a lot of times what i've noticed is that when we just throw the question out there we give ourselves some space some time whether we're driving in the car or we're taking a shower or we're going for a walk or whatever it may be is that all of a sudden the answer comes to us magically like oh i know exactly what it is that i want I want to have more of an executive presence because I feel like when I have an executive presence, my peers will respect me more and they'll see me in a different way. That's what I want. So, so starting off with wanting something is great, but not forcing it. It's got to be authentic and it's got to be mm. something I'll ask somebody from one to 10, you know, how bad do you want this? And if it's not a seven or higher, then we move on and we explore something else that they may want. Oh, I see. Okay. So a few years back, I had, I was, I was at Penn State, I was talking to, to college students and w one student came to me afterwards and said, um, how, do, how do I find out what I want? <laughs> and I said, listen, if I knew yeah. completely, I would be making a lot of money. It's a process. And he says, yeah. but how do I start that process? And the only thing that I could think of at the time, I said, look, you need to try. You need to start thinking of what are the things that you like, that you see yourself doing, and try them. And he says, well, what if I don't like it? Then you're going to have to try something else. But 
what if I don't find what I want? And I said, look, I think that if you are looking for it and putting the effort, if you are reducing the amount of time that you spend watching Netflix and really sit down and perhaps put you know, pen to paper and on a scale of one to 10, rate the things that you want. And like, like you said, Robert, anything above seven, pursue that. Anything below seven, put it, put it to the side. If you don't do that exercise, then you're never going to figure it out. But you will increase at least your chances of figuring it out if you're taking steps towards identifying what you want. Would, would you agree with that response? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it does make sense. And, um, you know, sometimes when we reframe it, right, like, what do you want can just be a little bit direct. Like, what do you want? And, and sometimes that tone in our mind, you know, is a little standoffish. We could reframe it and say, what do we enjoy doing? You know, what is okay. it that brings joy to your life? What is it that excites you? What is it that lights you up? You know, so sometimes, you know, I'll be working with somebody and um, we'll have a conversation. What exactly, what are your passions? What do you enjoy doing? Then it's, a, then it's like, oh, you know, given the opportunity, you know, just put me in a room. I love talking, right? I love talking about topics that, that, I'm, that, that, that I'm passionate about. Well, what topics are you passionate about? Well, I'm really passionate about management. Like I went to school for it, I excel at it, and I'm really good at it. To me, I could just see things. I see people and I see the way things should be done. Well, this is good, this is a good start. For others, it could be like, well, you know, what am I passionate about? What do I enjoy doing? I love sports put it on TV, give me a ball, I'm going to run. Anything to do with sports, talking about sports, I enjoy it. It lights me up, right? Wow, that's probably an eight or a nine, right? At least yeah. probably a 10. So it's really it's like, what is it that we enjoy doing? So many times we're really good at complicating things or getting in front of things before they actually develop. It's like putting a seed in and then without giving it a chance to grow, we're like, what happened? Where's it going? You know, we have to give it time. So I have never been in a situation with a client where we haven't been able to identify something that they wanted, mm. right? Something that excites them. Um, there have been plenty of times where in the beginning of the conversation, individuals are stuck where they just can't wrap their mind around it. Um, you know, especially when it's like, well, what do I want? You know, it's like, well, everything, like, where do I begin? <laughs> All right, hit pause. What excites you, right? It's a different kind of a question. Got it, got it. All right, so the second step, once you identify what you want, the second step is how to get there. Now, if identifying what you want is hard, how to get there is probably harder. How, how do we get to point B? How do we get there? What do we do? You tell me. <laughs> well, when it comes to um, wanting, I wouldn't necessarily say wanting is hard, figuring it out. Mm -hmm. I, I think it requires patience, and I think uh -huh. it can be a lot of fun. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily support saying that it's hard. We may not be familiar with it. We may not do it often. Um, but it, it's not difficult if, it's, if, it's, if the question is set in the right way and the environment's safe and it's open and it's fun, it's likely it won't be difficult. Okay, right? okay. But, but what to do with that, 
is sometimes our mind, well, what happens with this and, and then that? And it's like, well, that we're not there yet, right? We're just trying to identify what you're good at, what, you ex what excites you, um, what lights you up. But yeah, you brought up a very interesting part. It's like, how, right? And, and that's the part that gets in front of the want sometimes. It's like, well, what do you want? What excites you? And then our mind goes to, well, if I want that, how am I going to get it? I don't know where I'm going to begin. And, it's, and we, we have to keep them separate from each other. So it's like, well, what is it do I want? Okay, once I'm clear on that, it's a seven or higher, then the next step is, is well, how do I move forward? Like, how do I have that? So it mm. depends on the context of what we're talking about. But we'll go back to coaching. Yeah. A to B, right? A is where you're at. Mm -hmm. B is where you want to get to. So over here, B is something that you want. So once we've explored what exactly it is that you want, you put it out there, then the fun begins as well. Then yeah. you get to be a little bit more curious. And I don't always know the answers. You know, sometimes people will come to me and they're like, Robert, you're a coach. You've got experience. You've got all these great references. Like, <laughs> how do you not know? Yeah. Um, well, there's a part of it where I think is very powerful is being curious together. It's an authentic way of achieving something. So I'll work with a client and we'll both put on our curiosity hats and we'll say, hmm, that's what I want. And how do we get there? Let's talk about this. How do we get there? And really what we're, we're looking for is a conversation. It doesn't have to be static. Do this, do that, do that. What are some things that I can do that will help me get there? Ah, that's different, okay? Versus our brain saying, how? How am I gonna do it? How am I gonna get that? You know, and it's a little bit you know, nerve wracking sometimes. But it's like, if this is what I want, what are some possible ways of me getting there, right? And we go back to being curious, like when we were two and three and four and five. I mean, that's how we learn. We're curious. Everybody talks about being curious. Well, here's an opportunity to be curious. How do we get there? And there's no right or wrong answers, right? So we'll explore and we'll put down a few different ways of getting there. And then we'll look at each one. Is this possible? Can you do this? When you do do this, is there something that will get in your way? Right? And we'll walk through each one. And what we're looking for is the best one. The one that the client is willing to commit to. The mm -hmm. one that the client can see that they can actually do. And even if something comes up, they could work through it to get to where they want to go. It's, re it's really simple. Well, I, I think that when you when you articulated, you know, separating the want from the how, um, rather than combining it, because you know, depending on where you are mentally as an individual, it's 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 before you are fi finishing the thought of what you want, you're already shutting the how, because you believe I won't get there, or yes. because it's too difficult. So it's almost I, I like that fact that you say, look, separate the two. And it's almost like give yourself time to really work through the how, because it may not be a, it, first, it's not a one size fits all. So just because you did it this way doesn't mean that I'm going to do it that way. Um, yes. And, you know, I always say that life, it's, it's, it's not a straight road, right? It's a road with curves and you have to prepare for the curves. For some people, it comes across as if it's a straight road, but for most of us, 
there is the, okay, going out, going in, going out. And I think that if you separate those two mentally, you're giving yourself a break to figure out what the options are versus as you're defining that want, which I've done. I mean, as soon as I think about something that I want and I go, this lights me up. Oh no, but no, I, I can't do that. Because automatically the how plays in my mind a stronger role than the desire. And it's not that I don't have the desire, is that the mental game begins. Have you noticed that with, with, with some of the people that you work with, that the mental piece of how to get there, it's almost like they shut themselves down automatically? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm guilty. I've done it myself. Yeah. Um, I, I think we all do it to some extent. And with practice, we're able to get better at it. But I think yeah. we all struggle with that part. And even at the highest level in boardrooms, right? There is this, this want to achieve something. And the million or billion dollar question is how? Like, yeah. how are we going to achieve these results? How are we going to introduce a new product? How are we going to expand our product or service outside the United States? How are like, when you're clear on what you want, it's the how. Yeah. And, and I think something that we could probably both agree on is that successful people, one of the, the, the strongest traits is flexibility, right? We must be flexible. I, I remember being, you know, in my younger years, Driving cross country, this is before we had, you know, mobile, you know, maps and, and all this technology. And as you're cruising on a road, driving 14 hours, 16 hours a day, looking at this map in foreign places, is sometimes you went down a path and you realize later, I'm in the wrong state. So what do you do? You go back and you try a different way. Like I'm clear, we're going from New York to California. We're in Wyoming somewhere and we shouldn't be here right now. You go back and it's no different in life. So many times that we'll, we'll try to shoot something down without even exploring it first. Mm. So we have to be flexible as, as long as the thing on the other end is something that we really, really want that we would be willing to do most things to have it. Right. So we have to want something a lot. And we also have to be flexible enough to know that this may not be the best way to get it or have it. Mm. But I'm willing to go down this road, see what happens and pay attention and learn and then back up and go another way. So we just have to be flexible. So, you know, you were talking about how sometimes some of your clients um, look at you and say, basically, give me the answer, right? And, and I've noticed that, and I've done it also, when people come and ask for advice, um, you know, particularly if you are a problem solver, like I like to solve problems, I immediately go into problem solving mode. And what I've noticed over time, and, and I'm trying to get better at it, is I automatically reflect the how, right? How to solve that problem, how to get to point B, I automatically process it through my own biases, my own experiences, the way I see life. Mm. And, I, and I, I'm cautious that when people are seeking advice, that they really need to be careful who, who they're asking for that advice because A, they may find someone that is 
supposedly given them the answers, which may or may not help them. Yes. Or more importantly, the person may be given the advice based on their own specific context and circumstances that may or may not be relevant to the other individual. So I guess as a coach, you have to be very careful with that, that you're not necessarily saying, well, this is the route that you take because it's the route that I took and it worked for me, so it's going to work for you. How do you differentiate between someone giving you advice that is about what you need and what you want and your circumstances versus their own preconceived notions of either you or how to get there? Yes. That's, that's, I think what you just shared there is the difference that makes a difference between a coach and a good coach mm -hmm. is things that I've noticed. And even with myself too, is uh, I don't necessarily like being told what to do, right? I don't necessarily prefer it. There are times when I need it, right? But overall, it's, it's not a natural thing for me to really just appreciate. I like to you know, come up with my own answers. And especially when you're working with successful people um, is that they do like, they've gotten to a place because they know they're successful and the way they're wired has helped them to get there. So they're not really um, always um, so open. Um, but to answer your question, it's about wondering and being curious. So there'll be a client and there's something that we want to achieve and they may not be clear on how to get there. I could make a suggestion and say, I'm wondering what your thoughts are about this, right? Mm -hmm. I don't need to go into a full um, story and, and spend many minutes talking about it, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are about this, which would allow them to either grab the ball and run with it or throw the ball back. Um, but it really is, it's about like leading and pacing, you know, leading mm -hmm. and pacing. You really need to be monitoring the situation continuously, but the experience is the client's, not mine. So when someone comes up with an idea on their own, they're more willing to commit to it than if it's somebody else's idea. Got it. So, I have found that even though I may think I have a solution, most of the times it would be most effective if it came from the other person. So the question is, is how to get them to open up a little bit more and see things differently because it's about perspective. I see things the way I see them. You, you see them differently. So how do you add perspective into a conversation, right? And that's more of an art than it is a science. It's mm. maybe a little bit more playful and open and curious, right? I'm wondering about this or how about this? In the past, when you've done X, Y, or Z, what did you do? Like, how did you get there? Mm. What was the process like? And, and, and a lot of times that'll get them to think about something, even if it's not the thing you're talking about, it gets them into a moving forward, how did I do something, which may spark something that says, aha, I've got it. What if we do this, right? So it's being patient, being supportive, allowing the experience to be theirs, because when they do come to the solution, they're gonna own it. 
yeah versus mine yeah yeah i guess it's that process of self-discovery and when you when you believe that you have discovered it even though somebody may have gotten you there you, you it's gonna stick more you know i i think of my mother um and, and this is the question that i have for you when when any issue that i have you know and i'm talking to my mother my mother immediately goes into opinion mode right so the last one is we were talking about do we send our son to a private school or public school and she immediately went to give her opinion mm -hmm. what she never asked is why mm -hmm. what role does why play in the how to get there because yes. not a lot of people ask you why do you want that and why are you thinking of doing it that way what mm -hmm. role does why play why is a motivator so recently i was having a conversation with somebody about the same topic of change in the three processes wanting um you know do you want it how like do you know how to do it and and time giving it the right time and this individual said hey rob you know why like why is in there too like why has to be part of the process for change and i, I it's possible it is, of course, um, but it's the motivator. It's what's beneath the process. So you can have these three things, right? Wanting and knowing how and giving it time, that's the process. Throw anything you've ever done, throw anything you've ever done through that process, it's, it's the same, different content, same structure. But what's below is the motivator, right? Like, why am I doing this? Like Simon Sinek talks about in his book and many other leaders, even before Simon, you know, we're very good on, on exploring the why. But back to your question, it's the motivator. So mm. when, when we talk about wanting something, right? Um, no matter what it is, I want to have more executive presence. I want to have a more work-life balance. I want to have whatever, right? Once we're clear on what that is, we can then, we then can ask, well, what is important about that, mm -hmm. right? Which is similar to why, right? Yeah. Um, some people go into the why mode and they think that if I ask why five times, you know, it's, life isn't that, 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 um, that simple where I could say why, 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 and they're going to get to it. It's really being curious, like what's important about having that, mm. which is like why? Because yeah. then you'll explore the motivator and that's like the, the, the battery pack that's going to get you there. Right. So when, when I ask a client, when we're talking about what they want and we rate it one to 10, and it's a seven or an eight or a nine or a 10. My next question is, is what's important about having that? Yeah. 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 Well, but, but that's a, a less intimidating question. What is important about that versus why? Because I've been in situations where I've been asked why, and it's almost like, <laughs> Yes. I know yes. <laughs> but I like the reframing. It's still getting to the same place. You know, what is important about that? And it's less intimidating because the why, again, I go back to the movie, The Notebook. You know, what do you want, right? And she's struggling. Why is she struggling? And if he were to ask, why are you struggling? She may come even more defensive or may, maybe more close because she, does, she may not even know why. So it's interesting because I, I thought about it 
and even in my own career, you know, many times I struggle with that why. And when I've been asked, why do you want that? It's almost like, ooh, that's a great question, right? And you go, particularly me, I go through this philosophical analysis of why versus what you just asked, what's important about this for you? Okay, I can probably start numbering things and that will lead me likely to the reason why I want it. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And what comes to mind for me with why is sometimes it's, it's almost the answer to an, ex, it's like an excuse. Like, why did you do that? Right? It gives us an opportunity to, you know, to add things and justification, right? So for me, not everybody, but for me, when it's like, why that? It's like, now I'm justifying it. Like, yeah, that's why. Versus what's important about that. It's a totally different tone, number one. And number two, it invites one to really consider what the heck is so important about that thing I just said I wanted. Um, but for some reason, Gustavo, when, when I hear why, um, you know, it's like, it, it's like an excuse, it's justification for what I just said. Let's go a little bit deeper, a little bit further, and a little more personable. And I think that's what you're going to find when you ask what is important about that. You know what? I'm going to start practicing it with my kids because in typical fashion, when I ask them why, they go, I don't know. <laughs> and as adults, we may not go, I don't know, because, you know, we want to be a little bit more polite. But in our minds, we're going, I don't know. We just don't necessarily say it. But a teenager just goes, I don't know. So I'm going to reframe that question the next time I speak to them, because they know why they may not necessarily be able to articulate it. But more importantly, the question of why is intimidating, particularly if it's something about something that was bad, right? Um, all right, so we talked about want. What do you want? We talked about how do you get there? And in the middle, we inserted a little bit of this why or what are the things that are important about what you want? Yes. Now you talk about time. And yes. this is, again, this is, these are all so relevant, so important but time, what do you mean about time? What does that have to do with getting to point B? Yeah, good. There is, um, you know, there are these, these supposed suggested numbers, 21 days, 30 days to, to form a habit. Um, it's, it's, it's allowing things time to work out. And, and that brings, that's funny, work out. It's like going to the gym. Right, I could want to go to the gym because I will become fit and I'll look good. And what's important about that, right? If I'm single, if I'm married, maybe there's different reasons. What's important about that? Yep. Um, so I could want it and I can get a plan on how to do it, set up a schedule. I could see myself doing it and I start doing it. But giving it time to work out is the biggest part. You know, I'll, I'll see this. I'll hear through other friends who are coaches too. Um, I'll see it myself where one is clear what they want and, and, and they know how to do it, but they're not seeing the results. 
you know, I, I was clear on what I wanted and I know how to do it. It's just not happening. Forget it, right? Uh, this isn't working, right? Mm -hmm. um, you gotta give it time. You have to allow things to work out um, and understand that it will not always be smooth, right? There'll be ups and there'll be downs and that's why what's important is important and that's why being clear about what you want and how to do it, all of that stuff is great. And the time is like the, the piece that will just bring it all together. Some people are fortunate where they can be clear about what they want and they could develop a plan on how to get there and start to see results right away and it just yeah. looks easy, yep. right? Yep. For others, you know, we get in our own way or certain things just aren't so smooth, right? Um, and that's when we revert to trying different things out. Well, I, I, you know, prior to being in HR, I was pursuing an acting career. And I have to admit, the time concept, um, it was a struggle for me, right? I knew what I wanted to become an actor, um, how I was going to get there. I had different, you know, roads that I was taking, but the time variable, which is in many instances outside of my control, really frustrated, frustrated me. Um, you know, I, I wanted to be a superstar, you know, quickly and it wasn't happening. And here I am knocking on doors, getting rejected and yes. it just did not happen and ultimately decided to pivot. Now, you know, I try to justify it. And I think part of it was definitely the frustration. Uh, part of it, I was getting married at the time and I was projecting ahead. And I thought, oh, I cannot make a living, you know, or uh, with this amount of money that I'm earning and the instability of the career. So that also played a role. But as yes. I reflect back, I go, look, I get all those variables, but the concept of time, I, I, I just couldn't deal with it. And here I am, you know, 20 years later in human resources, I applied what I didn't apply in acting, which was to give it time. It takes time to build it. But what I did see that at least at the time, I didn't feel as an actor I was accomplishing is that I felt that I was moving forward. So I had small wins along the way, either a promotion or a certification or recognition. And that gave me the energy to continue. Um, I guess people become defeated after trying it a couple of times and not working out. Um, how, how, do we, how do we keep ourselves energized to give ourselves enough time to let it play out, let it work out? I think you said it, you said it best, those small wins. Yeah. So, so things that we can do very simply is to pay attention. It sounds simple and it is simple. We don't always let it be simple. When you're doing something, you're clear what you want, you know how to do it. You have to pay attention to what you're doing as you're giving it time. Pay attention to the feedback that you're getting. In your example in HR, um, you know, you got recognized for an achievement, right? That's feedback, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm recognizing this feedback. It's positive feedback, right? And it's making me feel good about what I'm doing so that I can keep going in that, in that direction. So pay attention. Life's always sending us signals. It's, 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 it's talking, it's communicating to us. If we pay attention, 
And, you know, you had an opportunity in the beginning to get certified and you got certified and you passed. The feedback is you're doing the right things. You got the right skills. You got the right resources. You pass this. Here's your certification. Here's my feedback. I'm paying attention. This is building. Recognize. Or maybe there was a promotion, right? Am I paying attention to the feedback? The things that I'm doing, others are witnessing. And how are they reacting? By giving me a promotion or suggesting that I do this or do that. So we have to pay attention. Mm. Very important. So, so when it comes to the concept of time and perhaps realizing you have given it enough time, in the, is there such thing as you've tried it, you've given it your best shot, and it's time to stop, right? Going, trying to go to t- point B. Um, is there such thing as, I'm sure there is, but I guess I'm trying to figure out how does an individual truly identifies mm-hmm. mm, it's time to, you know, put it aside, not pursue it, or, um, you know, I give it my best. Is there something that they can see? Yeah, another good question. It's um, if sometimes it's as simple as capabilities, right? Mm-hmm. If I am capable of doing something versus not being capable of doing something. So when I'm with a client and we, we talk about the things or something that they want, part of the conversation is, is visualizing having that and the things that you need to do, the, the how part, are those things that you can do. Because if there are things that you cannot do, it's not likely you'll have what you wanna have. So capabilities, it's a very important part. You know, another part that you brought up is like, when do you throw the towel in? When is enough is enough? I I think that's very unique to the situation, paying attention Mm -hmm. to the feedback. If I am doing something and the feedback I'm getting is not positive, it could be constructive, but if it's just not positive, I'm not doing well. And I make changes and I do something different. I'm getting feedback, it's not working well. And I make changes and I do this. It's it's time to say time out Mm -hmm. and really talk about what's not working, right? Maybe it's time to take a step back and go in a different direction. You know, do you throw the towel in? I don't necessarily think so. If, if you've done the right, if you spent the time to get clear on what you want, if you spent the time to put together a plan on how you're gonna get there, and you're putting your time in, I think it's a matter of being flexible. Mm. What are your capabilities? What is the feedback that I'm getting? We have to pay attention. And there's another part of it, too, is like, you know, the, the rule, the 10,000-hour rule, right? That if anybody does anything for 10,000 hours, they become, quote, unquote, an expert. I forgot who wrote the book. Somebody quite famous wrote the book. And it was really about that, like, in baseball, right? So if I really love baseball and I practice baseball for 10,000 hours, I play baseball for 10,000 hours, I'm a professional. I'm an expert. I'm going to be likely one of the best. Uh, same thing with, you know, if, if you're in the world of um, public speaking. If I'm publicly speaking for 10,000 hours, it's likely that I will be pretty good at it. Yeah. You know, so it's putting the time in over and over and over, paying attention to the feedback that you're getting directly or indirectly, making some adjustments, and then continually moving forward. So paying attention, capabilities, the feedback, 
are all pieces that need to be monitored so that you can get to where you want to go. Yeah. So, you know, here I'm reflecting, you know, as I think of my daughter, my daughter is entering college and, you know, she says uh, about a year ago, she was going to study to become a uh, forensic psychologist. And um, she decided that she wasn't going to study that. And when I asked her, why is that? She said, because I realized that I didn't have any patience for my friend's problems. So I realized I won't have patience for anybody else's. So if she's my best friend and I don't have patience, total strangers, I won't have it, right? So now she's in the process of wanting to study marketing and study business. And, you know, as, as, I, as I try to coach her, right, and, and, you know, give yourself time, explore it, um, discover what might be possible, the whole concept of capabilities comes into play because, you know, just because you want something doesn't mean that you can do it. So using your analogy about baseball, I love baseball. I played baseball. I couldn't throw fast. Um, but the challenge is there's a difference between not wanting to do something and not being able to do something. Yes. So we immediately go into mode of, oh, I can't do that. Like jumping out of a plane. I used to say, no, I can't do that. Over time, I realized, no, is that I don't want to do it. I know that I can do it if I wanted to. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> I think the risk is too much, too much, so forget it. But I started playing with that because I realized that my daughter was doing the same thing. Oh, I can never do that. And I said, hold on. Have you ever tried it? Have you ever thought about if you have the capacity and the ability? And she said, oh, no, I just don't want to do it. And I said, well, that's the difference. Yeah. You don't wanting to do it has nothing to do with you not being able to do it. And I think that I'm hoping that some people start differentiating between the yeah. two. Because at some point, you, you may not be able to be the department head. Maybe you think you want it, but maybe you don't want it. Maybe you do, but maybe you don't have the capacity to get there. How, 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 does, how do you differentiate? I guess you said it. Pay attention to the signs. Pay attention to the feedback that you're getting from people. Um, you know, I, I think that at some point, one person can be wrong. Two people can be wrong. Many people can be wrong. But if over time, most people are telling you the same thing or kind of close, at what point do you say, you know what? I don't think I have the capabilities of doing this. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And um, it really depends on the situation because maybe you're not doing the things that you need to be doing that's gonna get you the results that you wanna have. Yeah. So yeah. let's say for instance, like you shared, you're a ball player uh, and, and you don't throw fast. I would then question, or I'm curious, you know, and then I think that's the part to the magic piece, even with your daughters being curious, right? But let's be curious with you, you know, a pitcher not throwing fast. I'm curious what strength, what strength training you had, what were you doing to develop your arm to become stronger? Yeah. And maybe, just maybe, 
there were things that you weren't doing that could have helped you to develop and throw the ball faster. Mm. Yep. Right? Yep. And I think that's why sometimes it's about perspective. We see what we see and that's all we see. Yep. So yep. when we invite others in for perspective, even as a coach, an athletic coach, right? So, so here you're at Gustavo, whatever age, and you're saying, hey, Coach Rob, you know, um, I, I, I like pitching and I don't throw fast enough, right? So as a coach, you know, I, I might ask you a few questions about, you know, pitching, like why do you want to be a pitcher? What's important about being a pitcher, right? To make sure that this is something that you really want, not that dad suggested that you do it, and inside your, you know, so I would ask a few questions about that. But once, once it seems like things are aligned, well, what are you particularly doing to develop that arm of yours? Show yeah. me some of the practices that you're doing. Um, so I think a lot of the times, you know, it's, it's, it's about doing the right things, you know, and being flexible enough to change, to be open, to do things that we were not doing that'll help us get to where we want to go. Yeah, I think, you know, you just said it. Are you doing the right things that will get you the results you want? Um, you know, and I think paying attention, paying attention to the feedback, the social cues, um, I think is probably the best way to figure out if you're doing the right thing. Um, Robert, I, I, I love, you know, you and I had a, a, a prior call already where we kind of talked about where we were going to cover and, and I'm, I'm hoping that those that are listening to us, particularly those that are, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to figure out where to go, can take the time to really plan, you know, what do you want? How are you going to get there? Maybe don't ask yourself why, but what are the things that are important about that? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, you give yourself time um, because sometimes we may maybe giving ourselves, um, we may be too hard on ourselves, uh, too self-critical and not giving enough time for us to really pursue our passions and really try to make it work. Um, I always like to close the show uh, giving you the floor, giving the guests the floor to talk about anything that they want. If there's no shame, if there's anything that you are looking to promote or talk about, or if there are any final words the floor is yours. Thank you, Gustavo. Um, I, I would like to touch on something. You know, this environment right now with um, the pandemic and the business environment, there's change happening right now. And some of us are not or will not be returning to work. And uh, that means that we'll be on a journey to find something new or different. So having the right mindset is going to be very, very critical. Mm. Um, and, and the feedback, we were just talking about the feedback. And there's feedback for you. If your employer, your manager, your boss is suggesting that you don't come back, that's feedback, right? So pay attention to it. It's not your identity, right? Mm. There, no one's challenging you as a person. They're challenging the role and the things that you were doing so now it's time to hit pause and reevaluate. What's this feedback saying to me, right? What is it that I really, really want? What is it that brings me joy? What do I want to be doing? Maybe I'm 45 years old. Maybe I'm like in the middle of my life. How do I want to spend the next half of my life? What do I want to be doing? 
right? Do I wanna be doing exactly the same thing? Let me get in front of this versus feel like I'm being dragged around. Yeah. And I think just having that mindset, it is an opportunity. It's a time for change. Hit pause, explore what's important to you. What do you enjoy doing? And then map out the direction you're gonna go, but pay attention to the feedback that you're getting. Yeah, the mindset, it's, it's, there's no question about it. If you're not willing to have a positive mindset and you know, try to get over those, whatever fears you may have or insecurities, um, even in, in really difficult times, I, 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 I'm very compassionate about the people that are, have lost their jobs um, and that are struggling and figuring out what to do next. But I remember a few years back, um, I was in a situation where there were several of us where we were possibly losing our jobs. Mm -hmm. And there was one employee who said, um, Gustavo, I, I can't be without a job. I, 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 if I lose my job, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have kids to support. What am I supposed to do? And, and frankly, I said, okay, let's imagine that you lost your job. What are your options? And she was caught up in the panic of losing the job. The emotion, yes. The emotion. And, and I said, okay, I get it. Put aside for a moment the emotion. What are your options? And she says, well, I guess I have to look for a job. I said, okay. Yes. And what do you have to do in order to start that process? Well, I guess I, I got to update my resume. Okay. What else? And we started talking about it. And she started thinking about things that she could do. But then I brought her back and I say, and by the way, you have not lost your job yet, but prepare just in case it happens. So even if there's a lot of emotions and circumstances, at some point, you have to regroup, stop and say, okay, what am I doing? And this is where I'm hoping these steps that we have shared with our audience will help them figure out, okay, how do I get now to point B? Because certainly point A is not where I want to stay. That's right. Well, listen, Robert, I appreciate very much you coming into the show. I'm glad that we connected. I'm glad that we were able to do this together. And I guess we'll see each other in LinkedIn. And obviously, uh, maybe we'll work uh, in the future together. You're awesome, Gustavo. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.